I'm Max, and you're listening to Zeta Slipidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you school children and or reservation employees? I'm Alan. I'm a buffalo. And I'm Max. And this... What an interesting take, Molly. They're my favorite characters. Uh, Spoiler yeah, alert. They're pretty fair. good. This is Zeta Lapidus. It's the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, folks, we watched Buffalo Dreams. We did. Not Buffalo Soldier, as I kept calling it. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> <And singing. laughs> would have been a very different it's vibe. not that. That's would've, true. Would have enjoyed it more, probably. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, the description of this film is as follows. Schoolboy Josh Townsend has to move again with his father, astrophysics researcher Dr. Nick Townsend, to a New Mexico small town. To escape the copyboy job dad arranged, Josh volunteers for the Tribal Buffalo Reserve, working with Navajo clan elder John Blackhorse's cynical grandson Thomas and his buddy Moon. Local scamp Kyle's cool cyclist knaves gang seems irresistible, but their hazing-like demands brings Josh to betray his buffalo friends' reluctant confidence. Oh my god. So that's the whole plot. Yes, it is. Long. Very. They could have said, you ever seen Giant Tsunami? <laughs> <laughs> it's that. It's that. But, but in New Mexico. With buffaloes. Right. Mm, a lot of buffaloes. This movie was released on March 11th of the year 2005. And I got to know, have either of you ever seen this movie? Did no. you watch it as a kid? I never heard of it. Till Not until today. today. Same. Same. I got I to gotta tell you, I was concerned last week. And I sort of carried it throughout the the, the remainder of the until we watched uh, about the representation of indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't necessarily alleviated. I, I I but again, this is coming from a place of like I don't necessarily know what those traditions are, but there was a lot of confidence with which uh, these folks were represented in this film. So I'm I'm hoping that it was done with with a degree of um, reverence. I mean, I listen, I looked up the cast. Mm-hmm, me too. And was happy to see many uh, Native American tribes represented here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abuela, I believe, was actually Navajo. Mm-hmm. So I, and to- I, I'm going to give credit where credit's yeah. due. Tony and Grandpa are both Native American as well. Thomas? And Thomas, yes. Yeah. Thomas, not Tony. And um, Grandpa is of Dances with Wolves fame. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Will that come up later? No. Okay. But a good, Just good an note. extra fun. It's a good thing to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the top things of the time. The top song was "Candy Shop" by Fifty Cent, oh, featuring yeah. Olivia. Take you to the candy shop. I'll let you lick the lollipop. Go ahead, girl, don't you stop. Keep going till you hit the spot. Ooh, you can have it your way. How do you want it? Should I push that thing in or you want to back up on it? Whoa. Jesus. Okay. You know, this is fitty. Wow. Pretty, uh... hey, hey, guys, I want to tell you something. Yeah. That maybe you didn't know. Uh-huh. This song is about. Oh. oh. Specifically I... about. This song is about candy. A Willy Wonka connection. I, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, here to, I'm here to shed some light I, for you. I thought that in the new Timothy Chalamet Wonka movie, that we would have <laughs> we would have weird Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa singing that song. I know that. I know so that. He'd be like, "I'll take you to the candy shop," and he's like, oh, "I'll God. let you lick lollipops." I'll let you lick lollipops. Right? You know what? Let's not count out that that will happen. Yeah, I, but is that uh, your bold prediction on the <laughs> Timothy Chalamet you heard it here first folks <laughs> do you mean Mr. Kylie Jenner I I do 
Yeah, well, I mean, listen, what a what a bold bold prediction. Hey, Controversial. It's happening. It, it we'll see. The top grossing film of the time was the movie Robots. Oh. Uh, wait, that movie's legit really funny. It is. Isn't that Martin Short isn't isn't he one of the main robots or is that not is that am I thinking of Treasure Planet with Martin Short? Martin Short is a robot on Treasure Planet. Yes, but is he also a robot in Robots? Robin Williams is in Robots. Mm. Oh, no wonder it's good. But there's a funny sex joke where the male robot's bathroom is a plug and the female's robot's bathroom symbol is the outlet. Yeah. And the, and the again, that's a sex joke, much mm. like Candy Shop. A lot of sex jokes in the top events of the... Electricity. Also, I mean, listen, it's a double entendre. Other top news of the time. After five months in prison, Martha Stewart was released from Camp Cupcake. Oh, hell yeah. Camp Cupcake. (laughs) What a name. Oy, oy, oy. Five months, too. (laughs) Wasn't she, like, laundering money? Why did I think that she was going longer than that? It feels like such a like iconic part of her story. Definitely a white-collar crime. Oh, yeah. I saw this funny meme today. I saw this funny meme today that was like a picture of Martha and Snoop, and someone was like... I can't believe this is the guy harassing Kanye. All he does is bake cupcakes with an old white lady. Mm. And then somebody commented and was like, I can't believe there's a whole generation of people that don't know Snoop Dogg was arrested for murder. Right. Who doesn't remember Snoop Dogg (laughs) murdered somebody. And then somebody else commented and was like, to be fair, Martha Stewart is also harder than Kanye. (laughs) 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 Uh, And this is actually news. The the second headline has some repercussions down the road of this year. So MGM Studios versus Grokster is a lawsuit that is being brought before the Supreme Court about peer-to-peer file sharing. Mm. And the ripple effects of this law will uh, will see in June, I believe, when LimeWire launches. Uh, love me some LimeWire. Oh, hell yeah. LimeWire that would go on to be called Kazaa. Mm. I had them both. I downloaded so much music illegally. Same. Allegedly. Alle- I allegedly didn't pay for music Did my entire ever? high school <laughs> career. I, I hated it when I downloaded music. I mean, allegedly downloaded music and when i opened it up it was not music that's it was always a gamble it was a risk you had to take and if you were gonna burn if you're gonna burn sweet mixes for your friends it was a risk you had you had to take you had to always be risking viruses on your computer yes and you had to wait three hours to find out because (laughs) i was on dial up and it was like an hour per song to hope you didn't get a virus a virus or just or just new, like a lot of, listen, folks, a lot of porn. Sexy stuff. A yeah. lot of porn would just, you're like, well, how did this happen? And like 14 year old me is like, what is, what, what, what? Yeah, I bet that was your reaction, Alan. Hmm, yeah. In, <laughs> in my conservative Southern upbringing, I, that was 100% I, I, my reaction. Yeah, well, yeah, a likely story, <laughs> A likely story. But anyway, yeah, so this this lawsuit will have ripple effects as we go down to, based on how I see the events into LimeWire. You had seen 13th Year. I had you, you were just probably the horniest yeah, decom. You were just looking for something. Listen, I just left a true love weight seminar, so I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, was I was trying yeah. to lock that shit right up. That's right. Oh God. All right, are we ready to talk about this movie Buffalo Dreams, everybody? I'm ready. All right. Let's get Yeehaw. into it. Ah, I don't know if Yeehaw is what I'll go Lean with. Lean on me <laughs> when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. We hear that song a lot. Well, apparently it's the song to soothe the buffalo. I'm going to try that next time. You know what, Max? Let's put a pin in that. 
Okay. Because I have an update for you from an unlikely source. Okay. <laughs> and I can't wait to share I'm it with you. To it. Next time I see a buffalo, I'm going to sing that song. And you know see what, what Molly? Let's put a pin in that. I've got an update for you from an unlikely source. <laughs> Okay, so a buffalo. Yes, Alan a buffalo. I, Alan, I've chatted with Alan a buffalo. Called a buffalo today. He's like, "Hello, buffalo." Like, <laughs> tell me more. I, I sang seen to a him. buffalo. They're yeah. huge. So big. They're so huge. Big. Now, this movie is not a liar. It is not disingenuous. The opening sequence is of buffaloes. Yeah, we've got a we've got a buffalo herd going on a. I wouldn't call it a stampede. Let's call it a jaunt through the open pastures. And then after we see that and we get our wonderful title scene, we cut to a car where we have our main character, Josh. A community theater return. Mm -hmm. Indeed, from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Eddie's shitty friend. Yeah, he, I just, he irritates me. And I don't know if it's a bias from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. No. He, but he was kind of a shit in this movie. You don't like Josh? Uh Uh-uh. Not even a little bit. So. Interesting. So Molly and I actually, and we'll get into this, but Molly and I actually had this conversation. She was like, why is he so annoying and irritating to me? He's acting I, ridiculous. I gave him the benefit of the doubt where Alan thought he was being ridiculous, but he, I, we'll get into it. I do not care for him as right. a main character. So his family is moving his to New family, Mexico. His family, I think you need to be specific. Uh, his dad is Charlie from Scandal and his mom is Carol from Friends. Yeah. M- Mid name, big name. They're, I mean, they're, they've both been in a lot of stuff. Bigger name actors as the mom and dad. True. Yeah. No single parent counter for this main character. Well, uh, they are moving because of dad's job, as you heard in the summary, folks, to New Mexico. Why does Max look confused? No, because I'm like, I don't guess we have a single parent counter in this movie at all. We yeah, have we do. No, no parent, parent counter. counter. <laughs> Yo, that, the way they we just sort of... zero parent counter. I think that like, counts. They f- I don't think we have a single parent counter. They flippantly tossed that in there and the after effects of that. And I was like, whoa. Sure um, as they're on the drive-in, Josh is upset. Naturally, he is a kid who is moving to a new location for a dad's job. Probably a little bit disgruntled about that. And he's like, "We need." He he continues to do the um, he continues to do that thing from going to the mat where he's like, "This is Hicksville," and but like that it's sort of this edition of that. And they turn on the radio and like he's he's so upset that their version of entertainment is the radio announcer that a, a buffalo has been born. Also, a community theater return. The mm-hmm. radio uh, DJ is um, from Cheetah Girls. Yep. They stop by a store on the way uh, on the way to their new abode, where we meet another central ish character of this movie which is the grandmother who will see return who is the store owner and sort of directs them through all of the various jerky and corn products and aloe products can, that they can purchase can, i love this scene okay can i tell you guys something that drove me insane though uh-huh. she's doing the forest gump thing which 100%. is like boil shrimp she yeah fried shrimp doing all the jerkies but she then would interrupt it with other things and it annoyed me that she didn't do all the jerky in a row because mm. she did like some of the jerkies and then she went to like aloe cornmeal aloe the turkey jerky and i'm like no no the bit is you need to do all the jerkies together so i was kind of like annoyed with that but i liked the bit overall i like her she's a good character i enjoy her she is apparently psychic um Mm -hmm. and and knows exactly what she'll need yeah she clearly has seen families move into town before she does try to she foreshadows by saying like you got some batteries and dad's like ah we'll pick them up later and you know they're going to need those batteries. They sure because are. she is wise beyond her years, which there have been many. 
and like it's a nearly immediate payoff which i really did like for the for the battery scene because when the family arrives at home dad gifts josh a new bike much to mom's chagrin so like apparently his bike had been stolen <laughs> and then they had moved like in the same week which i mean that's it's a bad week. week bad week it's a bad week so he gets his bike goes out on a ride comes back and there's an evening storm uh can i ask a question yeah when he's on the ride he breaks some glass dude that scene is crazy it made he didn't no break sense. anything and it starts a trend that i noticed in this town which is that they drop things and are bad at picking them up and <laughs> josh takes his new bike and he goes for a ride down the road and it, it's a setup where there are two uh, men that are standing some width apart and it looks like Josh is going to ride through them being a bit he's he's uh, clearly uh, hyping himself up to ride quickly he's talking about you know catching the the woman walking down the street and then he's got his eyes on the next person he's going to pass and he sees these two guys and you can't see that they are carrying a large sheet of glass between them and Josh at the last minute sees and he stops and he skids he doesn't hit the glass he stops and the two guys stand there. You see Josh stop, a gap, the two guys standing there, and then one of them just out of nowhere drops his side. And the whole sheet of glass shatters. Yep. And Josh is like, well, I didn't do it. And that's true. He didn't do it. I could not tell what happened. I couldn't tell if like Josh scared them, and that's why the guy dropped it. I couldn't tell if him skidding so quickly on a gravel road like shot some pebbles up and those hit the glass, and that's what bro- I could not tell. I just watched this glass all of a sudden break, and I was like... What is happening? I rewatched it. Josh stops, pause, shot of the two guys, and the one on the left just drops his side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, pal. Uh, that's a little bit of a delayed reaction, but okay. Old Butterfingers. Yeah. yeah. So after he has this inexplicable glass shattering incident, of which he is not involved, he arrives at home. There is a lightning storm that knocks out power. Josh goes to flick on the flashlight. Batteries are dead. Yeah. Should have should have bought the batteries should've from the grandma. Should have listened to grandma. Immediately, uh, Abuela is being set up as, you know, clearly they know. They know how things work around here. And I like, the, I, I do like that they keep going back to that well with her. Yeah. That's a, and, and it only takes this one incident for the family to be like, she knows. Yeah. And take her, which is so nice because in so many DCOMs, We'd have to see the same scene of them not doing it over and over and over again. And then this, it happens once. I'm like, oh my God, you learned. Good for you. Yeah. So they have the the following day, Josh wakes up and decides to be a peeping Tom and goes out to a convenient place telescope. Again, dad is an astrophysicist to uh, on his porch and watches a kid dance in the fields. Mm. Decides to bike over to the general vicinity where we meet the other players in this movie. Thomas, Moon. Moon's the best. I love Moon. Moon is great. And Scout. I'm sorry. Those are not their introductions. They're okay. much longer. First, we meet Moon. Yes. I'm Moon, who is the epitome of 2005. Can I just tell you? <laughs> Moon is hair. 2005. Long, floppy, blonde hair. Greasy. Greasy. And later we'll see that he lets his pants sag and half of his boxes. Are, I mean, he is 2005. Like if you just He's bottled got a shell teenage a 2005, it's that kid. Good old Moon. And then Moon, it, it's like it's his job to be the speaker of. Oh, he's of, exposition uh, character. Uh, he, yeah. is, he is the introduction. He says, this is Scout. 
granddaughter of Abuela Rose Blackheart because of a dream her mother had when she gave birth. This is Thomas, grandson of John Blackhorse, a Navajo elder who came from the Nearwater clan on his mother's side, born of the Edgewater clan on his father's side. And Josh goes, I'm Josh. <laughs> I just thought these introductions were so funny. Like these long expository introductions of these characters. And Josh just goes, no, I'm Josh. To which Thomas goes, and I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's an immediate sort of antagonistic relationship between Thomas and Josh. And the the kicking off point of this relationship is because of a mountain bike. Like that's that's where this all starts. Because Josh is mountain biking to meet Moon, and Thomas is like, no bikes here. It another Forrest Gump allegory of like seats taken. Like it's just you can't. Is this movie just Forrest Gump? It's definitely Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. yeah. So if Johnny Tsunami met Forrest Gump, <laughs> yeah. in New Mexico, maybe. And I think it was hopefully clear by their names, but. Thomas and Scout are Navajo. Navajo. Yes. And Moon is Norwegian or something of like Dutch he's, descent. He's yeah, Dutch. He's blonde. Yeah. But, you know. But there is a line that he says later where where Thomas is like, "You're Dutch." He goes, "In this life." Yeah. <laughs> was, moon moon superiority. Me. I, I like, like, I moon. like moon a lot. So after this introduction, which is apparently the instigation of like th- now we know these these four people are going to be our major players. We watch Thomas and Moon summon a baby buffalo. That's true. It's, a buffalo calf. It's so cute. Uh, Thomas, after after being introduced to Josh and saying, not interested, he's like, let's let's do this. And they raise a they lower a ramp on their truck and then and then to your point, Alan, summon a buffalo. They Lean do. Lean on me. Lean on me is the song of choice. Just call on my brother. And when they first started this scene, I was so lost. Yeah. Why are we here? Why this song? Why are you serenading me? I don't know. Imagine my surprise as rounding the bend comes a singular buffalo calf. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the song, Alan, because you get to hear it. A lot. Like nine more times. <laughs> so much you hear this song. Yeah. It is... Ugh. So after this event, and I love how Moon explains it away, like, it's the only song that worked. We tried every song. Every song, Moon? And <laughs> every the, song and the, you did? The calf is lost. Is that why? They're bringing it back to They're the herd. They're bringing it back to the herd, yeah. And so the calf gets into the truck. Uh-huh. They do. Because they sang to it. Uh-huh. That's how animals work. We also, it, we establish now that Scout speaks through ASL. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. 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 So Scout specifically uh speaks through sign language and it's implied that she's deaf (laughs) but but she's not she's not and why like i i know you mentioned this earlier alan that they're gonna like throw away we're gonna find out later in this movie that she because of family trauma has not spoken Mm -hmm. so okay that's a pretty heavy character plot point for them to really not spend any time on but um, people deal with trauma in all kinds of ways. But the idea that she has decided to not speak for so long for her to learn and her whole family to learn ASL. Now, maybe she already knew ASL. I suppose there's a possibility there was a family member that uh, spoke through ASL already. But 
it I, why is she written like this like i think this character is more powerful if she's deaf i agree i was what threw me and we'll get to this later what threw me about scout in particular is that like up until this point and until we get a moment later like i was like oh she is deaf 100 she's deaf yeah and or and she's very good at lip reading yeah and she can hear because she can clap along with the music and like yeah you're yeah. right that's true i hadn't even really thought about yeah, that. that i did thank you for bringing it i didn't even think of that because they do take a moment later and and she's listening to music that's when and they're like no she can hear but you're right she claps along to lean on me mm-hmm. huh good I, observation yeah i i don't know i just i think that this kid i like scout I like her role in this movie. I mean, it's a minor character, but like I enjoy her, but I, I do, I don't understand why they made this choice. I would have preferred that character just be deaf. I think she's more interesting. But what we have happen next after all of this is we cut to town. Mom's doing some shopping, but while that's occurring, we see Thomas picking up some grain. And this is when we get introduced to the antagonist of the movie, which is a group of chads. And these chads and the chad lads are mountain biking chads. They're also racist chads yeah, uh, who, who yeah. make a lot of very overt racist remarks they around do. Thomas and his family and the Navajo in general. And it's not even the right... Sl- like, the slurs they use are not even offensive about Native Americans. Right. They are slurs about Latinos. A mm. lot, yeah. Like, they, at this point, go adios amigo like really mm-hmm. snarkly and it's like are they just saying that because he's like tan like it's like yeah you can tell it's not a kind phrase which is like that just shows to me you're a fucking idiot i'm gonna suggest to you that kyle is the worst villain we've had in any decom hmm. that's interesting now i when i say worse i mean like the worst person Oh, like just as a I don't human mean being. I don't mean a bad villain. I mean like throughout this movie, the amount of different things that he will do that are just fucking horrible is so high. He is like racism is just the beginning of the list. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get long. Yeah. The more I think on it and we'll obviously talk about it. I am I'm interested to see how my perspective shifts, but I'm inclined to think you you might be right. He sucks. He's terrible. He sucks on so many ways. Mm -hmm. We've seen, we've seen villains be bullies, be physically aggressive, be racist, vandalize. We've seen he, he's all of them. Yeah. He fills out the D bubble on the Scantron. He's like all of the above. It's bad. It's very bad. And it starts here. We sit, we watch Josh, we watch it through Josh's eyes, right? Because he sees this play out and we watch him sort of internalize it. He doesn't comment on it, but I believe this is just meant to give him context and also introduce him to the, to the players who are like on the bikes. Really. We've got like the Chad and the Chad lads on the bikes of which Josh could be a part because Josh looks the part. Uh, and then the other side of the house being the Navajo and those who work in the reserve. This is, continued when we have the chad and the chad lads go to visit uh who is she in the cheetah girls what's her name do we recall who she she was in the cheetah girls well one of the cheetah girls uh not raven simone goes and visits domino dominique 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 
I'm trying to remember their fake names. Oh. Well, I'll look. Okay, got it. While you're looking, they the Chad and the Chad lads go and visit her as the radio announcer to announce a race. Because that's what they're going to do. They're going to challenge people to a race on the radio. The prize is you you won the race. Bragging rights. Bragging, yes. Yes. And that's, it's just like, they're stupid. Like Kyle and his Chad lads are just dumb. Like they, they're, they're ignorant and almost willfully so. Oh, she's Domino in this movie. Oh, okay. She was Chanel. Chanel. She's Domino in this and Chanel in Cheetah Girls. I okay. Liked, I think Chanel was my favorite Cheetah Girls. Nice. Bar wasn't high. Yeah. We also have a scene between Thomas Blackstone and his grandfather where Thomas expresses the desire to leave the reserve and get a real job. This is juxtaposed with Josh going with his dad to the astrophysicist science institute not the name of it just sort of a descriptor and where he's working the copy job of which he is very unhappy about (laughs) the entire time how old is josh 14 i think they say 14 most how are they employing him at this lab maybe it's like an internship yeah, that's what we call child labor issues, internships. <laughs> I had like a job at 14. Free labor. Get in that copy room and make copies. Oh, I'm not. I had a job at 14, too. I think my too. first job was 14. I just am, I'm recalling what forms I had to fill out in order to have one. I mean, I was a summer camp counselor, but I had a W-2 and everything. So the thing is, I do think Josh, I'm going to cut him some slack right here. The parents are kind of like, the parents are good parents, I think, generally. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the parents. <clears throat> it's nice to see the parents are supportive of josh the whole time and the mom points out like he's new and i think josh is handling moving more how i assume most 14 year olds would versus like a a cadet kelly or even a johnny tsunami where they seem pretty like okay Mm -hmm. with moving i feel like most teenagers would be more like josh or um, andy lawrence and going to the mat where they're like pissed that Mm -hmm. they had to move and so Josh is not happy that he had to move. He hates it there. He's bored. He's once again from New York and misses Brooklyn. Right. I agree with you to the point until he actively sabotages his dad and Piers' work. Where he, like, he does the copy job, but then he, like, copies his face and then puts it in every single one of the binders and then reports that he has to send out to everybody else on the on the job. Like... That is, you're actively being an asshole yeah, in that yeah, way. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's, that's rebellion. Like, I think that's what a teenager does in that moment. Hmm. I, I think that if you're pissed, you lived in Brooklyn, you're moved to New Mexico, you're being forced to do a boring ass, like, they just put him in a closet, locked him away, no one's there, like... I, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in this place. I'm unhappy. Yeah, I'm going to fuck around. And like, and I, I think that that's a very normal rebellion and adds up to me for uh, it's aligned with a lot of what we've seen in these decoms. I actually think I was surprised with how quickly Josh was accepting once he pivots out of this job, like how quickly some of the things he learns from Thomas and Moon and Scout actually start to like resonate with him and he starts to actually be accepting of a culture that is very foreign to him and that he doesn't know anything about he very quickly is like no i understand this is important and i i care about it he doesn't immediately 
do everything right or know everything, but but he pretty quickly takes to it, which is nice. I actually do want to, just to like piggyback on that a little bit, I was, for the first time watching a DCOM, impressed with the pacing of his development in particular. Am I impressed with the pacing of this movie overall? God, no. It's slow. It's, it's so, so slow. slow. Yeah. But am I okay with how he as a character progresses? Yes. Yeah. I think his regression makes sense. I think that like the arcs that he goes through generally add up yeah. within the space of a very slow moving movie. Yeah. Can I just, I want to highlight one thing that makes me uncomfortable and it happened multiple times in this movie. I don't want to have a bath time scene when there is a 14 year old MC. Mm. Don't want that. Uh, it was a lot of bath. We get a lot of bath time scenes. Like candles surrounding the tub bath time. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. And it happens, I think, four times that we have it. And then this, I was like, wow, that's just so much. Got a lot of bath. Hey, at least he's clean. I also want to point out that this dad thing, because this is a theme that I think either they should have gone harder into or they should have cut from the movie, mm. is the the dad being a scientist thing is this background theme, like C-plot, D-plot, of science as a mirror to uh, Native American traditions, Navajo traditions, and that one is based on like faith and tradition and family, and one is based on uh, data and and logic and like numbers. He dad is having a hard time grappling with some of the he'll he'll struggle with like the medical treatments with the uh foods the traditions of his neighbors and it's we're getting this weird tension between like what dad knows to be true and science and and they'll hit it a couple times and we're gonna have like a weird line from dad late in this movie that's gonna say it out loud but it's just like I think it's a fine theme to explore, but they didn't explore it enough for it to be interesting. And it, it and also they yeah. tried to do it kind of out in front on a couple of occasions, so it was weird. It, it literally it just flashed in the pan. Yeah, it just popped up, and it was like, all right, that's we did it. We checked the box of this subplot, and back to what's actually happening. Yeah. Uh, I I frankly just think we went to the side of like this doesn't need to be in the I, movie. I agree because that ultimately the next thing that happens, or while they're at their boring lab job mom goes back to the general store where she's buying a bunch of batteries and grandma with talking to scout is like your son should come work on the reserve with my grandson and instead of like a boring office job or something Mm -hmm. and so mom's the one that pitches that to josh when he gets home and it's not like the dad opposes it really like at first he kind of is like oh you don't want to do the lab job and but he it's not like the dad opposes him the whole time and mm. is like pushing science on him like the dad pretty quickly is supportive of him doing something that he enjoys which i think that makes the metaphor weaker yep. because if the whole time he'd been like no science is the way that's a bunch of like who like voodoo or like whatever yeah. like whatever then it would have like hit the point harder yeah. but he immediately is like sure, all right go, go have fun like he like doesn't care that his son doesn't want to do science yeah and we get, after this occurs, we get Josh going to work with, uh, you know, Thomas and Moon and Scout. And there are a couple of scenes that play out in this time. They are all f- effectively the same thing. And that is Josh adapting and learning from these folks. That's really all it is. It's time for um, a Jaws scene. 
because we've had Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. We've had Johnny Tsunami. We're going to get a Jaws scene now, which is where he comes up to the kids on the ranch and is like, hello, I'd like to work on the ranch. And Scout takes his hands and looks at them. And then she signs to the other kids that he has city hands. Like, he's, yeah. his hands are... You got city hands. And it, that's a, like a direct thing that happens in Jaws when the city boy wants to go fishing with with fisherman quit and i was like oh okay we're just taking scenes from all over the place Mm -hmm. like this is i don't i hesitate to call it a montage because it doesn't move fast enough to be a montage it's just it should be a montage yeah it's the classic decom of like we need to show you the same scene three times in three different ways yep ultimately what happens is after Josh spends time with Thomas Moon and Scout. By the way, uh, I have a note here. Moon is Danish. I said Dutch. He's mm. Danish. My apologies. Um, he ends up going to a shop in town um, called Charlie Horse, which is just, I mean, what that actually is is a cramp, but okay. So they go to Charlie Horse, the the shop where he would like to uh, look at mountain biking supplies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Shows up, and this is where Kyle is. And Kyle is, again, a dick the yep. entire time. Mm-hmm. And this is when he, he just uses a slur verbatim <laughs> yep. with, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to repeat it, but uses a slur. I'm pretty sure this slur is not geared at Native American people It is normally. not. I looked it up. It is not. It is referred to for uh, Latino folks, and which is like... Doesn't make it any better because he's still just out here no, casually it, it using slurs. I actually think it makes it worse because now he's not even bothering to acknowledge that he's Native American. He's he's doing a you all look the same kind right. of like it doesn't God, matter to sucks. me what your heritage is. I'm going to actually insult you with something that normally would be Latino and you're not even Latino. And and this is in the same breath where Josh is looking at a bike and Kyle's like, don't get too, you know, don't get too attached. I just bought it and holds up his credit card and is like, just buy a bike. They're not that expensive. And so you know, let's, let's tack this on. He's been racist. And now he's basically like the rich kid. Like there's mm-hmm. a class. He's like issue an entitled. Here. Like- he's entitled. He's, he's the like rich kid that wants to like, you know, don't be a poor, just buy the bike. Like, yeah. and so. Let's add that to his villain counter is rich, entitled kid and racist. We'll have plenty more. Yeah. We're going to add on. Not to worry. <laughs> that ticker's going to keep going up. But who should overhear it, though? But Grandma and Scout. And this is when I, like, we've had a couple of instances of this before, but Scout is comic relief. She is, her role is to do, like, the ASL subtitle of comedy. That is uh, uh, the audience commentary of the situation, which I think is really kind of funny. And I, again, another reason why I wish that they had leaned into her character a little bit more and made it a little bit more significant because I thought that was really cool that she was like, grandma's like, I think it's time for one of my classic potlucks. And Scout's like, please don't do this. <laughs> but, but what I also like is like a lot of times Scout will say something and grandma just ignores her completely. Like, ignores it. like she'll be like, Thomas isn't going to like someone new coming on the ranch. And then um, Josh's mom is like, oh, what did she say? And grandma's like, 
Thomas can't wait to meet your son. Like, she was like straight up yeah. like. And, Their relationship is very yeah, funny. Yeah, she just ignores like, her. You're not going to speak? I'll say whatever I want. Like, like, it's so try funny. Me. <laughs> it's, well, it's also like, and Moon does it a little bit too, but Moon does it for different reasons. But it's just like, it's so funny to like have her say something so dry and then everybody else have to like navigate around it. Mm-hmm. It was just so funny. I enjoyed her. Same. Yeah. So we have... This potluck where everybody's bringing <laughs> dishes. And I thought to myself, what in the white person is mom going to bring to this Mom's potluck? Mom's a chef, though, right? Yeah. She's a culinary anthropologist. Oh, God. <laughs> but she's, she's working on means. a cookbook. So, yeah. like, yeah. Yes. So, she brings... I don't even know what it, the dish was, but, but I was just like, yep, that adds no, up. No, but I respected it because whatever the, I forget which of the ingredients is, it's an ingredient she got from the store, from grandma. What was the corn? It was the It was something with it was the- like maize. Yeah, because there was like, much like the jerky, there was like eight different kinds of yeah, corn yeah, yeah. products you could buy. And she said, these are cornmeal something. And I was like, that's cool that at least she like took the their product yep. and like made something with it. I think- it was just such a this this entire setup of them going to the potluck was interesting because I didn't know what grandmom's motive was. Mm-hmm. It was very much like there was we didn't really have subtext. It was just like it's time for a classic potluck. And what and I still actually am not 100 percent sure what her intended outcome was, because we have two things that happen. We have Josh and Thomas who continue their sort of like they, they butt heads a little bit here moon and scout also continue to sort of play that that back end role and we have josh c scout listening to music here mm-hmm. where he kind of uncovers that there's more than meets the eye with the situation and then we have a scene between grandpa and dad where, where they're like you know our sons are going through the same exact situation and he's like for me, we have so Grandpa Blackhorse is like sort of talking like the expectations of their father figures are driving them in different directions where one of them wants what the other one has, right? Like that's his message. And then Josh's dad just isn't getting it. Nope. Just is not understanding it whatsoever. Also, there's this other like minor subplot that I don't think is very strong, like where Thomas doesn't want to engage in Navajo culture. And I don't really care for that subplot. No. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think they lean into it very much. I actually think it's stronger if Thomas is very into Navajo culture mm-hmm. and is very proud of his heritage as opposed to kind of like begrudgingly working on the reserve. Like he mentions multiple times that he would rather be working somewhere else and wants to leave, but he can't because of his little sister or his grandparents. And it's like, that doesn't work for me. I think he should be like very passionate about the culture. Well, and the re and I think the reason we feel it's weak because I fully agree with you is goes back to what Max mentioned earlier of like the dad. So Josh and Josh's dad's plot of like Josh's dad forcing science on him. If that was more overt, then it would actually make sense that Thomas didn't want to be involved because then that actually is a true mirror. Um, but as it stands, I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah, I think they're just trying to make him mirror. Josh is moved into a place he doesn't want to be and being forced into a thing he's not wanting to do. And Thomas is like being forced into a thing he doesn't want to do and doesn't want to live here. He wants to live like somewhere where Josh lived. And these kids have things that like they have so much in common, even though they look so different. Like I think they're trying to play on that kind of trope. But yeah, I don't think it's very strong. I think that. 
I agree, Alan, that like dad's pressure from Josh's side is not overt enough to feel like the family tradition pressure that is probably coming from Thomas's Navajo upbringing right. that he is feeling compelled to follow. Josh's dad's profession is not the same as the culture and the people that we are raised in. It also makes later scenes very confusing and, and Josh even voices this like when we start getting introduced to sacred places yep and thomas is upset about the way they're being treated and it's like yeah but you don't even care exactly about this stuff like it makes obviously like you care because your family cares but it makes your personal stake in that weaker because you've stated you don't want to be involved it's very confusing it's an overcomplication it's like scout right mm -hmm. like i think that there's a lot of good here, but that they overcomplicated a little bit where like Thomas could deeply love his Navajo upbringing and also want to see the world, mm -hmm. right? Like it could be, I deeply love this tradition. And also I want to go see a big city and I'm hearing about what the city is like from Josh. And that's exciting to me. And I want to live my life because I'm a teenager. That can be a perfect motivation for a kid. He doesn't need to not love his tradition. It, it kind of makes him a little unlikable too. Yeah. He's like kind of a dick at parts of this movie. Yeah. Like at the potluck, he walks up and meets Josh's mom and his grandma's right there. And she's like, Oh, what do you have? And he's like, I don't know. Like he doesn't like, it's something his grandmother's made. Yeah. Um, and he just like is rude about it. And it's like, it makes him a little unlikable because yeah. he's so like uninterested and like mad to be there that mm -hmm. I'm like, well, not, I don't really, I'm not gonna lie. I like the buffalo, and that's kind of it as far as the and the grandparents. Mm. The grandparents well, and then, Scout are like okay, the, may, the, the maybe key, that was, key characters. Maybe that was wrong. I don't mm. like either of the main characters. Mm. It's it's just difficult because I don't like them because their motivation is so muddy and discordant with the plot that revolves around them that they should be active players in. Mm. It feels like. We are watching a story play out where both of our main characters just don't fit nor have motivation to be there. And I don't like, so I'm like, these things are occurring and we are continually having these MCs just be like, all right, that's neat. And like show zero interest. I don't mind Josh. I, I know y'all are not his biggest fan. I'm not out here saying he's the most likable MC that we've had, but I don't find him to be unlikable. I think that he attaches himself to this culture pretty quickly. I think his arc, as you called out, Alan, is is well paced and has the bumps in it that I would expect it to. And that ultimately I think he comes around and like his motivation is uh, trying to find like something to connect to and trying to fit in and all the things we expect from a teenager is moving and like he makes a mistake he feels shame about the mistake that he makes we're not there yet but like he feels shame about the mistake he makes he had a poor judgment in picking friends and he wants to make up for that and like make things better and resolve i i like josh's motivation i again i don't think he's the most likable main character we've had but like generally i think he's fine i agree i don't like thomas's character at all i think he is pretty weak and come across not very likable so we have the first visit to a sacred site and that is thomas moon and scout take Josh to a waterfall lagoon area where they cliff jump. I wrote a note here literally and I just want to share it with you. It was at this point I wrote I wish I could watch this movie at two times speed. Mm. Like God, this, this is this is so slow. This it's is slow. when we drag. It's really slow. Can can I say a few things about the uh watering hole Please if do. I could. Number 1. They add in another weird plot point about like 
Josh being scared to jump. Mm-hmm. We don't need this plot point. Why? We Why? don't need it. It's going to come back up. We we don't need him to be like afraid to jump, which I'm not saying he shouldn't, you know, it's high, whatever. But like, I was like, this is a weird thing to have in here, but okay. Maybe it's symbolism. It's going to connect with his vision quest. That's Jeez, true. Second of all, when he does jump, the voice noise. <laughs> I mean, it's goofy. Like, it's like, <laughs> like the noises There's that Mario this, out here. This kid for me. <laughs> <laughs> the noises they use. And first of all, you can see him jumping the whole time. His mouth is not moving <laughs> at, at all. all. But the, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, it's like so crazy. And I was like, what did they record in the studio that they used as the voiceover here? And that's not the last time we're going to get crazy noises from voiceover for this character. Oh, no, no. It's like a main character, like, trait is that he makes weird noises. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they play in the watering hole. Moon shares the history of the watering hole as a rite of passage space. This is where we have Thomas be like, I'm not interested in that stuff, which is like, stop, Again. bro. Yeah. Again, this is a sacred space, and they're very clear to say, "Don't tell anyone about this." Oh, he's for sure going to tell. And yeah, and you're like, well, and 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 it's going to be the site of the conflict, right? Like this is the site of the turn. How are you going to have a main character be like, "I don't care about any of it"? Exactly. How are you going to? How are you going to delegitimize the site where the big pivot's going to happen? It's unbelievable to me. Um, This is where we get Moon's boxers out halfway, Mm -hmm. truly solidifying. 2005 yep. fashion right here floppy blonde greasy hair pook shell necklace boxers out I, I don't mind his his hesitancy to jump only because it is going to serve in the next scene where we're back here it's going to serve as a difference between these friends oh, who true. are like it's okay if you don't jump mm-hmm. we support you but it's fine if you don't want to jump we know it's scary and yeah, that's Kyle true. and the assholes. Yep. Like very clear separation Question. between how those friends handle it. Would you guys jump? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, I'd probably it it look like a long way down, but I'd jump. I would jump too. Yeah. I okay, but let's say yeah, in a in a situation like that, how like how likely are you to be like the first person to jump in the water? Do I know how deep the water is? Somebody has told you it'll be okay. Somebody's told me it's safe to jump. Yeah. I'd jump. Yeah. If you if if somebody reputable who yeah. knows the area has told me that that's a safe spot to jump. I don't jump. Yeah. Yeah, and I jump. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like if you go hiking or on a whitewater rafting or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they're like, you're jumping jump in the right shallow here. water. You can tie, but like, yeah, at the very least your legs break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if I know it's a safe place to jump and people cliff jump there, then yeah, let's do it. We're good. Yeah. So we go from this scene to where Josh goes to meet Kyle and his Chad lads at the Red Rocks for the race. He is taken there by grandma and granddad, Black Horse. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a very interesting method and mode for him to get there. Like, they're they're being supportive despite, like, they don't know what he's doing. They, they might have an assumption. They take him there. And this is an interesting thing, and I, I will give Josh, as annoying as Josh is to me, because he is very annoying to me, and I think it's because I, I lack empathy for people who move a lot, which is like, I need to, that's a personal thing I need to work on. But he gets out of the car and he's like, he's going to bike. And he looks at uh, Grandpa and he goes, hey, is, is it okay to bike here? Is this a sacred spot? Should we not be doing this? And the Grandpa's like, you're good, dude. And I was like, that's, that's cool. I that's liked, good. I liked that too. Because what I don't think we mentioned is that earlier there was some conflict with the buffalo kids running into kyle Mm -hmm. um and 
the the buffalo kids are like you're not supposed to be riding here this is land is protected and they're like the buffalo of all this land we we should get a like you uh it's established that kyle and his friends add it to the list of reasons he's a dick like do not care about the rules they don't care about the the nature they don't care about the buffalo because anti-environment add it to the list add it to the list and rule breakers because kids Listening to the rules are cool. It's cool to follow the rules. I'm sorry. It's cool. To hold, be, it's okay. cool it's, to follow. Hold on. The sorry, Alan. Are you disagreeing? No, no. You I, I, I want to highlight. No, I want to highlight for a moment. Sorry, Alan, Alan, you Alan are you like, suggesting breaking the rules? We break are you the on rules? Kyle's side? I can't believe you're on Kyle's. <laughs> I'm here saying that he may be the worst villain, and you're about to take Kyle's side. I sure am not. Sure, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, like what I'm about like to highlight sounds like you are a fan of breaking rules. Okay. I can't believe. I'm going to need you to calm down there, buckaroo. It's <laughs> not where I, we're going. I don't, I, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Well, I just wanted to be like, we have the misdemeanor twins <laughs> on either side of me. Hey, 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 hey. Petty crime doesn't hurt buffaloes. Hey, that is hey, not hey, true. Alan, Alan, allegedly. Okay. So he goes to race with Kyle and the Chad lads. <sighs> As he does, he's on a Alan's ramshackle bike. <laughs> what, Kyle and the Chad lads? Yeah, yeah. Alan Alan's favorite characters. Them. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. We find out, you know, we, we've known this for a while. Kyle and his cohorts are just the worst. We get to a race. They're making fun of Josh and his ramshackle bike. And they end up going in a race down Red Rock, of which Josh is performing pretty well, surprisingly enough. I classify it as almost losing control of his bike mm-hmm. <laughs> for the majority of the way through it. But he's trying to, you know, turn lemonade out of lemons. And uh, turn lemons... Did I say that right the first time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, turn is a weird word, but... Make. but n- Make is better. You said it correctly. Yeah, make lemonade out of lemons is what I intended. Sorry, listener. He's trying to make lemonade out of lemons as he is careening uncontrolled down this course. Uh, it does not end up working out for him as he hits a rock and then goes ass over tea kettle into the ground. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Again. <laughs> whoa, 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 And lands. Wow. Wow. He lands into the, uh, into the dirt. We get a lot of uh, of Josh eating dirt, really, is what yeah, happens in this true. movie. Josh eats dirt. Everybody else is like, ha, ha, and just like goes. It's literally like Mario Kart. That's the noise of Warrior as it drives by you. As you whoa, 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 spin out. Uh, they don't care about him. They're going to meet up to go to the water. They're, they're going to meet up afterwards to go to like the community pool after this race. And they are mocking Josh openly to his face. Yeah. Jerks assholes openly they say add it to the list did you see that loser crash one like add it to the list okay i have a lot of issues with this scene okay this is where i take issue with josh even more and i understand he's a teenager trying to fit in so you know that is that is tough but he at first they're being not as horrible to him Mm -hmm. they're like are you okay and Mm -hmm. they like well, you really crashed or whatever. And they're like, oh, we should go swimming. And then one of them says, oh, the community pool is always so busy, blah, blah, it's so hot, whatever. They say it's full of locals. Yeah. It's full of pores mm-hmm. is what they say, I think. And uh, if at that point Josh had said, oh, I know a cool place to swim, yeah. I wouldn't have thought twice. Yeah. But he waits until they 
openly mock him him and call him a loser and make fun of the fact that he fell down and then goes hey guys i know a cool place to swim yeah and at that point i was like josh that's a bad judge of character because that is not him just trying to fit in with these cool kids that is him hearing that they suck and then still trying which again i know he's a 14 year old boy i know this is that's a whole thing but i wish that he had waited until i wish he hadn't waited for them to be even meaner like i wish it had been when they were still kind of being nice to him and then he's like oh, i'm gonna spill my my secrets yeah, yeah i i i think writing really failed the character in this moment because i even am okay with like half halfway where they're not being openly but they're like they're kind of baiting him like imagine he they say like oh the community pool or whatever and he's like oh i know a place to swim and they're like you don't know anything you just moved here. How could you know? Right. Like, like instead of openly being like, you're a loser. Yeah. They just sort of like, he needs to earn. Like yeah. they're, they don't, they don't think he knows anything. They don't think he's cool, but they're not saying that they just aren't believing that he could have value. And so he has to take them there. Like the, that would be bad. Or, or like my friends showed me somewhere to swim, but it's a secret. And then they're like, well, we're your friends, Josh. Like, right. Like something, give him a reason to want to do it. And then I would have more sympathy for him and for what happens. But like, I have less sympathy for him because he heard them be assholes. And then he did reveal the secret. And guess what? If it isn't the consequences of my own actions, Mm -hmm. they were assholes. This is just an asshole montage. Are they drinking beer? Oh, I didn't notice. They throw... Oh, he, he walks in and throws a can. They're yeah. drinking cans of something and they crumple them and throw them into the water, which it's is the like first thing that happens. Strike one, littering or littering. Strike, strike whatever. I'm we're sorry, on. it's not even the first thing that happens. Did we miss the part where they ran into oh, they a tree into a and knocked tree. it down? Oh my god, I forgot. Which about is such that. a such a contradiction to earlier. The Buffalo kids run into a tree. They don't run into it. They they come upon a tree that has fallen. Not they didn't even hit it, and Josh is like, "Can't we just burn it or get like run?" And they're like, "No, it's still part of the land. Like we're trying to preserve this land." So they get out of the truck, pick up the tree, and like move it so they can keep mm-hmm. driving through, right? Because they are not even going to damage a tree that's fallen. Whereas yeah. these kids pull up in the pickup truck and immediately just like Knock hit a tree, yeah, ridiculous. And they're like, "Watch this! It's so cool." We all know these assholes. I know we do. I'm thinking of them right now. Anyway, they show up at the at the sacred space. Litter, jump inside, push Josh into the water. That was so dangerous. That was. That that's was, so unbelievably that's, dangerous. That's as dangerous as what is it? Johnny tsunami? That something similar happens where a bully pushes. Um. Oh, like off the edge. Yeah. Right. I do remember this. Yes. Yeah. Just ridiculous Foul level. Like mm-hmm. this is like rocks on the turn for the for the X blads. Keep an eye out on turn. And Val didn't litter. No. Wasn't racist? No, he's just sexist. Oh, he was. He was racist. He was, he was sexist. sexist. Was he, he was sexist. He was sexist. They're sexist, I couldn't too. remember if he was racist to Gabby, too, or just sexist. <laughs> Val's up there as far as shit. Val's pretty go. bad. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get vandalizing. And yeah, they, they spray paint. They, they say something it. sexist, too. They say something to Josh when he won't jump in. They say... Don't they, be a girl. They basically like call him a pussy, yeah. but in decom language. Like, yeah, when he's yeah, yeah. nervous to jump in, they say, don't be a girl or don't be a... Don't be a lady or something. Like, yeah. So we have Josh get pushed into the watering hole. So scary. Incredibly dangerous. We have these kids litter. They tag the rocks. And then, and then and only then, does Josh try to get them to leave. Mm-hmm. And they 
almost fight him for like they there's this there, it's the bully thing of like what are you gonna do that's gonna make me leave yeah. what are you gonna do about it yeah because josh i mean they're being horrible to josh and they put him in incredible danger and he calls him out on it but it's when they start defacing this spot that he's like this is sacred you can't do this you have to go and this is where you see josh's like shame and guilt take over of like i messed up mm -hmm. like i was entrusted with this spot and i messed up at the, while this is occurring we have scout getting upset because well so we have originally thomas moon and scout are all at work wondering uh where josh is the following day because josh comes yeah, home and stays day. home from work yeah uh, because he's feeling so much, he's overwhelmed by guilt, so does not want to leave bed. After work, they, uh, Thomas, Moon, and Scout decide they are going to go for a swim. They go to the spot and see that it has been defaced and tagged. They see the litter, and Scout thinks that it is Josh immediately, and Thomas is on board. Moon takes a little bit to get on board with it. He's like, we don't have any evidence of it. But quickly is like, well, the only person you would know outside of this group is Josh, who would tell. So we cut to Josh working on his bike at home, trying to do some repairs. There's a knock on the door. And Thomas and Thomas's grandfather walk in. And there's the confrontation about what had happened at that sacred spot. And this is the first time that Josh's father and mother is are, are hearing about this. And I think that their shock and outrage might be a strong word, but that's what I'm going to go with is justified that th this feels justified for what Josh did. 100%. I also think this is when Josh's nail in the coffin was for like, I had a nail in the coffin for Josh right now mm. because Thomas comes in. He's like, how we told you a secret. How could you let those kids there? They defaced it. And Josh keeps going. I tried to get him to stop. I tried to get him to stop. The words you're looking for, Josh, are I'm sorry. Yeah. I fucked up. He never once takes any ownership in this moment. Yeah. He never says he's sorry. All he says is I tried to get them to stop. Yeah. Too little, too late. That's great that you halfway through this horrible ordeal realized you fucked up, but you need to now admit to, that you fucked up and apologize for mm -hmm. what you've done, and which he does not do. Nope. I shouldn't have told them in the first place. Yes. Done. And... I feel like grandpa, at least, would have had sympathy for him if he had said, like, I'm sorry, I, I thought they were my friends, and I told... Like, I feel yeah. like grandpa at the... Maybe not Thomas, but I think grandpa would have been like, I, it's a, you know, we all make mistakes, things totally. like that. And then we get the punishment segment, which is done via voiceover from grandfather, describing effectively that Josh and Thomas weirdly are going to have to go on this journey together where they are going to be let out onto the reserve to survive a night. I don't understand why Thomas has to go. I also don't know why Thomas. Why? Has to go. Why? Thank you. I'm so, what did Thomas do? I don't know. Thomas didn't do anything wrong. It feels like, I, I guess my interpretation of this was like Thomas's, hesitancy to connect with his culture I, I like i don't i don't know what the driver of this is like grandpa's just hoping they better connect because clearly josh is i don't know but it, thomas is getting punished for josh's crime 100 percent, which is ridiculous and thomas is 
upset about it legitimately like why is why is he out here is it just like an insurance policy so josh doesn't die out on the reserve on his own i mean this punishment is crazy like i (laughs) don't die like like i as a kid that spent a lot of time in the wilderness and has done a lot of camping and knows a lot about it the idea of just drive two kids out into the wild especially a wild that you know has animals and like and that like and then he's like all that food you brought you don't get to keep any of that shit and just give them knives and send them on their way and like, you know one of them has no idea what he's doing it's not like they're like trained wilderness explorers right. like josh has no clue no clue like I, yeah, I think that it's like, oh, Thomas, go with him because clearly Thomas knows his way around the reserve and like knows his, and immediately Thomas is like, fuck off. You go that way. I'm going this way. It's C-3PO and R2-D2. Yes. We're doing an R- a Star Wars callback. He's <laughs> yes. like, you go that way. I'm going this way. I'll what see a, you never. What a and, good callback. And, and, and so like Josh's one resource is now gone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also like the way here's what it like. Let's be clear here. I feel like we're glossing it over. I think Thomas sends Josh to certain death, and here's why. So they meet at the wa- they meet at a creek where they are sort of cooling down, and Josh goes, "Hey, we should set up camp here." And Thomas is like, "Stupid fucking idea, bozo." Here's why. <laughs> Bobcat, like people come here to drink, like buffalo. That's not too bad. Birds, I could fight a bird. I could fight a deer. What about a bobcat, asshole? What about a <laughs> cougar, like. And in that way, he's like, "It's safer to go upriver. You go down." <laughs> presumably to the less safe spot and i'm like you are you're murdering this kid you know what i think thomas is in the right here (laughs) i'd be fucking annoyed that i had to go to i agree my ass is definitely going to the safer place (laughs) it's just so deliberate where thomas is like hey fuck you Fuck your lineage. Go down river. Yeah. I had to. <laughs> it just was so stark to me. And I was like, fair. Made me like Thomas funny. a little more. I'm not going to oh lie my to you. God. It just was like, I just, I, in the moment, I was just sat there stunned. And I was like, what? I just love that he walks out there and he's like, you're clearly a dumbass. You go down that way. <laughs> God, I'm going to go this God way. Speed. I'll see you in the morning. Maybe. Also, like, also the, one of the first things that Josh does is eat some berries dude and i thought this kid's either gonna die a la the hunger games or he's gonna shit his pants yep, <laughs> like that's right there is a did you ever read this book max i made molly read it. it's called hatchet uh i know the name of this book i, I read it in middle school maybe. yeah yeah so yeah. it's it's like i went back to it as an adult to read it again because it is like very much for like that age range but like i think the story is still good but it's a listener. It's about a kid who crash lands and it has to survive in the wilderness with a hatchet. Uh, but they, he eats good berries. And literally, I was like, this is going to be the scene that plays just, out. Then he just vomits everywhere and presumably yeah. poops pants. But like, it's just, bro, don't eat berries you don't know about. You dumbass. That, yeah, that's how die. bad he is at wilderness. Because I don't think I could survive in the woods very long. I'm not an outdoorsy girl. Um, I've never been camping. But I know you do not eat shit that you just like find mm-hmm. in... You don't eat leaves and berries and fruits that you just see amongst the trees. And it makes me question what happens next, because I think that Thomas has a very legitimate vision quest in which he is sort of taken back in time. He is shown uh, the role of what would have Navajo warrior would have been his sisters with him trying to like guide the buffalo on. He's asleep. Yeah, he's asleep. 
I'm not convinced that Josh's is not just a drug-induced vision of eating bad berries. Like, I'm just not it convinced that be. that's what happened. It might but we, be. We got to talk about Josh's vision. I love, I love Josh's vision. Because of her. It, it starts with him speaking in his sleep and ordering McDonald's. <laughs> And Can I then, have fries with And that? then immediately he's talking to a bird that talks back. And <laughs> Again, drug-induced berry vision. And it the is bird just... has like a crazy low voice. Like the bird's like, Hello. There are birds who are in my family. <laughs> you are you, a bird. You, everyone is a little bit of a bird. No, we're fucking not. I can't jump off a cliff and fly. Bird, no. <laughs> You're... Some well, okay. of us more than others. And Some then he tells he tells Josh to figure out what kind of bird he is. Could he be a raven or an eagle or a, a macaw? Pigeon. Like I think whatever. Josh is a pigeon. And then Josh flies, and it's crazy. <laughs> Definitely, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's just like you know what it reminds me of. Do you guys remember in the the first Fantastic Four with Chris Evans as the Human Torch? No. It reminds no. me of a very low-grade graphic representation of his first flight scene because it's just all his face. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, it's bad, but. Now, I don't want to use the term spirit animal because that's not cool. They do call it like his spirit bird, I guess, multiple times. But if you were a bird, mm-hmm. what kind of bird do you think you'd be? What kind of bird personality oh, do you think? An interesting you question. channel, yeah. What kind of bird personality do I channel? Spoiler alert, Josh decides he's an eagle and I'm like, okay, Buckaroo, like you think pretty highly of yourself if you're giving yourself the title of eagle. I yeah, think I would be yeah. an osprey. An osprey. Why do you say an osprey? So, if I'm thinking about the three of us in terms of like size, ospreys are huge. Uh huh. Uh, And I'm the biggest of the three of us, so that's sort of what I'm I'm leaning towards. Um, And that's really it. (laughs) I don't know the other personality traits of an osprey, Mm -hmm. but they look cool. I think you'd be an eagle. I'd be an eagle. Yeah, majestic as fuck. You think that I am majestic as a human. That's yeah. so nice of you to say. And that everyone, might be the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. And everyone loves eagles and mm-hmm. like holds them in high regard. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true about me, but I really do appreciate that you do. Thank you. You're welcome. I also, I mean, I'm still Lean Osprey, but I'm happy to have a sub a, a, a subtext as an eagle. I have an aspirational answer. Okay. And then I have an answer that I think I should give. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, God. So I have two answers for you. Yeah. First one is, I should say duck. Uh, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, of course. Right, right. I kind of forget ducks or birds. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, in this moment, I... Give this chicken a kazoo in this moment, and duck, make it waterproof. Duck didn't even cross my mind as an option oh, for anyone. Yeah. I I should say duck. And here's... When I, when I, I often tell people that duck is my favorite animal, and when they ask why, I'm like, because they look chill on the surface of the water, but underwater, they're fucking going nuts, right? Like, just trying to stay afloat, right? And I, I, that is what I would like to present in most of my day-to-day life, is like, even when I'm stressed, I look cool as a cucumber. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we're good to go. Um, so, I like a duck. I, I think I will aspirationally add a crow. Scary. A crow? Yeah, because very smart. Scary. Birds. Very creative birds. Can use a tool. Can remember your face and come back and kill can you. Can remember, Right. Will will bring gifts, right? Mm. Like they they are clever. Yeah, they will learn to use tools. Spooky. They will, you know that. I would like to believe that that is the kind of chaotic energy I I yeah. am uh, channeling. So I hmm. my answer either duck mm-hmm. or crow. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Molly flamingo yeah that adds up yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep 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 yeah, yeah all about the flash up. all about the show. You know yeah. they're pink and cute and like yeah. you're like oh everybody loves a flamingo but like. They're pretty obnoxious too. Yeah. I feel that. Like they're pretty like 
loud on safari and yeah. you know love love snacks which i can relate to so yeah so we have a flamingo mm-hmm. yeah a crow yeah and an eagle yeah, yeah. what an interesting Fun. little flock yeah. we have here I do, like do you it. know what a group of flamingos are called alan a flamboyance yeah you know Which I like too. A group of crows is called a him? murder. <laughs> That's right. I, is there a group of eagles? I'm sure it has a word. What I just is have not a learned. group of? Is, if it's called a freedom, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> what is a group of eagles called? While you look that up, one time I shit you not, I have pictures of it. An eagle. I was at Epcot. I was a little tipsy, allegedly. Uh huh. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I was drinking around the world with some friends. And a motherfucking bald ego landed on the top of the American Adventure Pavilion. Hell yeah. And oh. I was like, I've never been so patriotic in my whole life. I Ooh. called my mom and I was like, mom, you're never going to believe what's happening. And she was like, drink a water. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I have pictures. The to appropriate it. response. <laughs> I have photos to print. It sat up there so majestically that people were like, is that an animatronic? <laughs> like, is that- <laughs> no, that's the real damn thing. So a group of eagles has n- many names. It is referred to primarily as a convocation. Oh. That's quite the word. They're also called a soar, an airy, or even a spread. A spread of eagles? A convocation of eagles. A convocation of eagles, yes. Well, listener, if you didn't know that, now you do. Uh, also, what bird are you? My favorite Muppet's an eagle, so. Sam? I love Sam. He's, he's the best. I don't believe what you're doing, Kermit. That's not his accent, but we tried. That's true. So. Yeah, that was crazy. That's that, that sound, that sound Stopping in the middle is distinctly unpatriotic. Distinctly. So we. Why, why does he, why does he sound, when you do it, why? Why, why would he be why, British, Alan? Why is he British? Think about He's the, American, think about, He is American as well. He is, he is the most American. If he is, if he is one of the colonizers who got here first, he Alan would have had an accent. Alan is fucking American. <laughs> he okay? is America to me. <laughs> He has a restaurant at the Regal Eagle. He 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 has a very interesting like girl. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have that. I, Alan, I saw him in person this weekend. Oh, did you? I saw the real Sam Eagle. He was there. He presented something at D23. This is American. Here it is. Right there. Right? That's, that's better. better. Okay, we're getting close. It's a glorious three-hour finale. You got a minute and a half. <gasps> it's called a salute to all nations, but Ooh, mostly, mostly America. America. Uh, okay, we are supposed to believe that Josh is a bird uh-huh. <laughs> at this point, and he chooses eagle, which I don't want to share with listen, Josh. Listen, if you're gonna choose a bird, I know we're trying to match our personality, but if some if a talking bird said to you, "Pick, pick any bird. bird," it's a good choice. It's a great choice. It's a good choice. I want to be that falcon. Really, I really want to be that Hawk? really big one. That's like the harpy eagle. I, it's maybe. Is Gold. it in Australia? Harpy Eagle has like the longest wingspan, I think. Golden it, Eagle is a big boy, too. Which one is in the beginning of Rescuers Down Under? Because I want that one. Yo, that Harpy Eagle has some plumage, my guy. The, the one in the beginning of Rescuers Down Under when the Cody like falls and the mm. eagle saves him. I like that eagle. Specifically that I one. believe that to be a Golden Eagle based solely upon the plumage. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Didn't think I'd ever use plumage that many times in a sentence in my we're adult life, but here we are. Welcome to Bird Talk, Welcome everybody. to Bird. New, new podcast. It's just about birds. Yeah, I'll, I'll bird tell you talk. which bird I don't want to be. Tell me. Ostrich. Mm. <laughs> they can kick with the force me. of a train. It's a real fucking dinosaur, for starters. And second of all, you're going to give me the gift of being a bird and then not let me fly? Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. And also, like, adding insult to injury, you still got fucking wings. <laughs> yeah, somebody else that's on that list? Way cuter, but penguin. Penguins. I'd oh. rather be a penguin. Like those motherfuckers walk around like somebody that's cold. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> they look chilly willy. They, they haven't evolved at all. No. <laughs> they're chilly also, and, and the odds of getting eaten by an orca or a polar bear. Very high. Very high. Yeah. Also, like, they're not graceful on land. The amount of times that they're they so fall, cute. they're clutzy. They're, cute they're so hell, cute. Oh my God, are they cute. Like, their contribution <laughs> really is being cute as hell. True. Yeah, but I would rather be a pig than an ostrich. And I like their, the, the pebble thing they do. Yeah, oh, yeah, cute. here's a pebble. That's cute. And I like the, like, we, like, the dads will sit on the eggs. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. Anyway. They're stupid, though. They're really dumb <laughs> yeah, birds. They're, they're really dumb birds. I do like in aquariums, though, when they have the smaller ones, and you could just watch them, like, hobble up and then jump in the water, and then, like, it's like a little... Very graceful swimmers. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Very swimmer. cool to swim. But not on land. But then when no, they, they hop out on the land, they're like... Land. Yeah, I love penguins, though. They're so cute. Jesus. We should go to the Georgia Why Aquarium. There's so many penguins. <laughs> when did this become bird talk? <laughs> I don't even like. Happening? I don't even really like that many birds. Penguins. You hate birds. Some That's birds, on yes. the record. I will say. I will say that penguins and polar bears are the ones that make me feel the most guilty about zoos. You know what I mean? Like uh, because about what? because zoos. Like, about oh. zoos. Because I live in exclusively tropical environments. Yeah. Like when I went to the San Diego Zoo. I can't believe this is where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah, how did but, we get here? <laughs> when I went to the San Diego Zoo, like, already, it's a zoo. And yeah. y- you can feel however you feel about that. But when you go to the, like, polar t- area, and yeah. there's a fucking polar bear, and I'm like, I'm in San Diego right yeah. now. Like, I feel I, worse. Let me make you maybe feel a little better about uh-huh. sometimes penguins are not... We think penguins, Antarctica, but there are penguins that inhabit places like South Africa, which is more like our climate. Sure. So like at the Georgia Aquarium, that's the kind of penguins they Got have. It. That's so, not what, that's not what I experienced in San Diego. Okay, but I'm just saying sometimes yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. so bad. Yeah. Does it make you feel better that San Diego's is probably AZA? So therefore they meet the hardest requirements of animal, ca- of yeah. animal care and conservation? Yeah, it's, I, I, I believe that yeah. a zoo like San Diego is taking good care of the animals. It I just, just it, in my head, yeah. I have a hard time with polar bear. Yeah, San Diego. Sure, understood. Same mm-hmm. thing at, uh, I think they have a polar bear at SeaWorld. San Diego, and it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. But again, also AZA certified. So like, SeaWorld is AZA. Yeah, actually, probably does the mo- has the most strenuous. Yeah. Um, stuff for their things. We're going to see World Talk, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> this is not talk. a conversation we are going to get into. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Josh, an eagle, apparently. And they're, they're, both Josh and Thomas wake up from their individual dream slash visions slash drug-induced visions uh, for Josh. And there is a storm coming. Oh, what? She coming. She is. Now, I'm given to understand yeah. that both of these individuals have walked away from one another for yeah. quite a distance. And yet, when Josh shouts, downwind, I should add, because in, of the in direction a storm. in a storm, somehow Thomas hears him. Did we see him cross the river, by the way? Josh? When he first went down the river? Did we see him? We cross? did not watch him cross. Okay, because then, so yeah, he they both come to. Josh yells to Thomas. Thomas, he yells back. Josh, and then we see Josh ford a river, <laughs> getting, like fucking Oregon Trail, getting all of his pants soaking wet, his feet soaking wet to go across. Why the fuck did he cross the river? Why didn't he just go down the river? Like. Was he wet when he was going to sleep? Like, perhaps. Why did he do that? And now he's like, Thomas is like helping him get across. They're friends now. They've had, they both had vision quests and now they're buddies. And now we are going to listen to sweet. I can't tell if it was like a penny whistle or a pan flute, but we're going to get this. (laughs) 
that sound a lot. Yeah. It, a lot. Yeah. Not Titanic, but... No, yeah. yeah. The Titanic's definitely a penny whistle. I'm sure they're trying to go with a pan flute because that would be more yeah. Navajo, but it's just like, it reminded me of Titanic. So they, they hole up in a cave that had been mentioned earlier where they share their individual dreams and... They spend no time on Thomas's, which is the more impactful one, and instead spend all their time on Josh's, where they're like, the eagle is a messenger. Are you a messenger? What What is happening? Messenger times messenger, messenger, messenger. We find out in a throwaway line in this scene about Thomas's parents dying in a car crash as they were leaving the reservation to go to Seattle, and Scout hasn't talked since then. That's where that conversation stops. Dude, that shit's crazy. This is a crazy addition. What? What? I'm okay with this being part of Scout's story if you introduce it earlier and make it part of the fucking movie instead of this random line with 20 minutes left. It's... And we never revisit it. Ever. Either don't make it part of the story at all or make it more. I'm okay in either case, but it's stupid the way it is. Mm -hmm. You know when you had an opportunity to do this? When Scout is listening to the music, holding up that photograph, we don't know as the audience what the import of that photograph is. If Thomas had decided to share that story then, all of a sudden now we have a backdrop of why it's important and we now care about both of their characters more and now we also know why they live with their grandparents yep. instead of making assumptions are, are are they trying to suggest that because the parents left the reserve or were driving leaving the reserve that's why thomas doesn't like navajo culture yes they're trying to make that also part of this yes like the the thomas is dealing with his trauma by wanting to reject it reject it being the navajo culture and Scout is dealing with in, trauma by not speaking. In, in that case, I don't like car accident. I think they should have been, and this is going to sound crazy, trampled by a buffalo or something. Oh, sure. Because then you get the Rip Girls, they died surfing. and right. that, they, To just be in a car accident driving somewhere that they would go every day anyway or have to drive past every day anyway yeah. or maybe if they want to get in a car accident maybe it's because they went out onto the reserve late at one night for some important reason and it was raining and they and thomas said don't go but they like yeah. just the fact that they were just driving near the reserve is not enough reason for him to blame to navajo yeah. people yeah, it's, for me it's a lot this is also i think where we have Thomas divulge that like he wants to leave and he doesn't want to be here. And I only say that's important because, uh, I just liked it when he said, I want to be from Brooklyn or Graceland. Those are the same place. (laughs) You want to be from Ellis house? One of those is a major borough of New York. And one of those is Elvis's house. <laughs> like, uh, they, those, uh, same thing. The same. same thing. If anything, you would think his parents saying on the way to Seattle would sway him. If this is the argument they want to take, then him wanting to move to a big city is what his parents were, where they were going when they died. Like, this makes no sense. It's cool. I just love that Brooklyn and Graceland were the two fucking places They're, he mentioned. If, 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 I, so if, I, you know what, if I lived 
in a small town, I probably would think, you know where I want to live. Graceland. Graceland. <laughs> he should have said like Vegas. Memphis, if he Tennessee. if he loves Elvis, he could have said Vegas and it would have had just as much relevancy. Sure. True. Yeah. Well, he doesn't love no. Elvis. I like, know. <laughs> we don't listen to any of his songs. Instead of lean on me, sing an Elvis song. Yeah, you know right. I mean? like, Jailhouse Rock. Maybe that's what brings the Buffalo <laughs> to call. Imagine. Oh, one, two, three, go. And they all just do the dance. <laughs> um, actually, I really do hate being this person, but that's not an Elvis song. Jailhouse Rock and Rock Around the Clock are two different songs, and this one is Bill Haley and the Comets. And then I thought, well, maybe Elvis covered it. No. No, I searched high and low for a cover, and that doesn't exist either. But if you want to watch hundreds of Elvis impersonators cover it for some reason, that footage is out there. Also, I swear to you, I'm not some kind of like 50s music knowledge bearer, but if I have to go down an ADHD and caffeine-induced rabbit hole, well, I feel like you should too. Anyways, bye. Yeah, that'd be wild. Um, but, what <laughs> <laughs> but what else is wild is we get another bath time scene after this. Well, we need to stop. Disney, Disney. <laughs> I don't need 14-year-old boy bathtub scenes. It was so it's, awkward. It's enough. We have a confrontation between Kyle and the Chad lads and Josh, where they are d- attempting to settle their disputes by having a race down the mountain well, in order to determine if... The the Chad lads will be able to continue to mountain bike on reservation property or if they will be banned. To which I rep- respond, none of you have the authority to make this call. That is literally done in conjunction between the U.S. government and the native indigenous tribes. So you can both go fuck yourselves. <laughs> That's not going to work. Also, though, before they agree upon their silly contract... Josh is like, hey, you guys really suck. You got to go clean that up again. Because the problem is they're looking for the spot and Josh won't tell them where it is Mm because they can't find it again. And so Josh says... You gotta go clean it up. AKA, he'd have to fucking show them where it is again. <laughs> Dude, bad idea you, number two, man. You are so stupid, Josh. <laughs> like, because if That's they. true. It would have been better if they were like, oh, yeah, we'll clean up. And then he takes them there and then they fuck around more. But it's like dumb dumb you can't they can't find it this is the best case scenario for you that they cannot find the spot again i I also love that we have braces boy braces coming in for comic relief here this is the only time i think i laughed in the whole movie it was because they were like all right we're gonna race next week on saturday and he's like guys i can't (laughs) i can't race because i gotta get my braces off (laughs) they really leaned into the the like darla accent here uh, and they're like, all right, fine. We'll race the week after next. <laughs> Is this when they, he rides with them and he's about to beat them? Yeah. Well, no, no, that happens a little bit later okay. because what happens next is Josh goes to get Navajo steroids <laughs> from, That's true. from grandpa where he walks up. He's like, Hey, I need you to make me strong fast. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think you mentioned this earlier, Max, where they have like the, the introduction of more traditional indigenous medicine and herbal herbal remedies. So effectively, Josh is like, hey, what do you got? But not before interrupting Grandpa Black Horse's sleep. Just rolls up to his house, knocks on the door, and they're like, both him and his wife are in bed asleep. And he's like, is now a bad time? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> it's got to be like four, what is, five, What is a. happening? And the, he, as, as the grandpa exits, he's like, is it too early? And he's like, 
Yes. <laughs> you, I, w- I, I was, was asleep, asleep in bed. I'd be you so opened mad. the unlocked door and I'd be went so inside salty. my house. So Grandpa gives Josh a series of uh, herbal remedies and supplements to take. And then Josh sets out to training. He does crunches wrong. I just want to tell you both that. I knew that. He, you, 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 there are ab workouts where you can lift your feet off the ground like that, but not like that. Mm-hmm. He, he's, and the noises he's making. He's, just, he's king of, yeah. the, he's king of the weird noises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you a cat throwing up a hairball? Like what is going be. on here, dude? Is it, is this when he has the conversation with Thomas and Moon and, and, yes. and, and they're like. Thomas, Thomas is in a race. Thomas is like, I should race. And I'm like, yes. In, I, the, in the race of Navajo versus white people, the Navajo guy should race. I agree. I agree that Thomas should be the one to race. That is correct. <laughs> but also I was like, if this, if Josh caused all these problems and then they bail him out by having Thomas race at the end of this movie, like... Oh my god! Oh, it was so bad. It, was, it all is bad. I think I don't think there's a winning yeah. way here, but it was. And maybe I'm watching this with 2023 eyes, but I was just like getting white savior complex. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. Big time. When but it's kind of like no accountability at all. If I he, wish it had been a team race. I wish it had been sure. Chad and the Chad lads doing like a relay, and therefore moon and Sk- like all of them have to team yeah, yeah, up yeah. because the way that it is thomas is like one you've never done this incredibly dangerous course before so just like on the face of taking race out of it obviously you should let the person that's ridden the course before be yeah, the yeah, one yeah. to be the racer well you know what molly josh is uniquely set with the skills to do this because he bikes at fucking 30 miles that's an true. hour that's true. are you kidding me that's this true. is so goddamn dumb literally i lost my shit you have thomas and scout in a truck <laughs> tim and josh is catching the tailwinds behind it just got his helmet on he's doing a brink and they hit 10 miles and i'm like reasonable reasonable for a kid of that age he's pumping those legs hard so by the way he doesn't know how to fucking upshift a gear you can you can upshift a gear and may not have to work that hard i don't think his bike had gears the second one he gets to <laughs> yeah but the original bike doesn't it's a piece of shit right you're right okay i stand corrected by he the has, way uh, even more reason why he definitely wasn't gonna hit any of those speeds yeah, he didn't have any gears they threw out 20 miles an hour and the truck is moving further away i was like realistic he starts to catch up <laughs> and i said no <laughs> shot then he hits 30 and he passes them <laughs> no it says that a mountain biker on average goes 10 miles an hour <laughs> exactly and it says hero. that on a road on a an average person on a straight road would go 20 miles an hour but a professional could get up to 45 miles so an hour. So you're telling me that this 14 year old yeah. who is on Navajo supplements is somehow able to get to 30 and yeah. pass it? Well, without with a bad bike. Yes. <laughs> with a bad bike. He took the weights off for the race. Yeah, it's, it says that you would need a specialty bike to go faster than that or to be professional bike racers usually maintain 25 to 28 miles an hour on flat ground professionals professionals and they probably go faster like downhill and stuff obviously or like in short bursts i i just was so everything about the scene i was like this is insanity 
Anyway, we get another bath scene. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, we went back to the bath. <laughs> yeah, we went back to the bath. Uh, for the record, some the fastest a person's ever ridden a bike is 184 miles an hour. What? Whoa. Yikes. That's crazy fast. <laughs> that, that's stupid. They're a superhero. <laughs> it was a, and it was a woman, which is hey, even better. She's a superhero. Um, okay, I'm not, I'm not done complaining about the fact that josh is the one doing the race because he says they're like okay one thomas has actually done the race before so he should be the one to do it regardless of anything else number two the whole stakes is navajo land so it should be the navajo person riding and number three when they're like when josh is like no he goes it has to be me for me no oh, well yeah that's that's his that's first thing he reason. says and Bro. then he goes and for you and for the navajos and to make up for my mistakes i'm like the navajo people should have been first on your list yeah. of these reasons followed and, by mistake and these are more reasons i don't like josh this is adding to my list of why josh is not a good main character i think that i think that the only i i hear you and i agree i i think that the thing that would have made it more disappointing if thomas Bite was that we've not seen Thomas bike this no, whole movie, that's true. and if anything, he has been against biking, right? Like we've actually seen him be like, "No, don't ride." Like, and and that's about the land they're biking on. But like, Josh biking has been a theme throughout. Mm-hmm. And what I would have preferred is if Thomas is like, "That's a really dangerous stretch of the area. I know it well, but I don't ride." Like mm-hmm. I I I wish he would have been like, "I know the land." I live here. I'm an expert. I can tell you about it. This is unbelievably dangerous. You shouldn't do this because I know the area, but not I've ridden it before Mm -hmm. because we've not seen him ride fucking any. It should be a relay race. That would solve every, and we should have seen the whole brink. We should have seen the whole gang on bikes at some point. Yeah. And then we should make this a relay race and it would solve all the problems. I, I mean, I'm okay with him just being the like, I don't think it needs to be a relay race. For me, if we just never established that Thomas has ridden at all, and instead his value is, I'm the expert of the land. Mm. I grew up here. I can tell you it's unbelievably dangerous, and you shouldn't do this, um, is enough. Well, don't worry about it, though, Max, because Scout gives Josh a necklace of protection. Mm -hmm. To which Thomas says, don't start shaving your legs. Dude. Uh, where did that come from? <laughs> like, no. the, it was, I thought that was seen, and I know it sounded rather flippant when Wearing I said Wearing a necklace is for girls, Alan. Apparently. Also, though, wouldn't shaving his legs have helped with the wind resistance? The aerodynamics, yes. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I thought that was a really cool scene, because I, up I until agree. now, Scout was been staunchly against Josh. Mm-hmm. And this is a really cool sort of passing of the, quite, quite literal passing of the torch moment. Mm-hmm. Um... And I was like, that's really cool. To be undercut immediately by Thomas was wild, though. I also felt out of character for him. Like, why is yeah. he making that joke? Like, that's a Kyle joke. That was that that's was similar to the joke in the same spot when the boys said, like, don't yeah, be a don't girl be or whatever they yeah, said yeah, when yeah. he was too afraid to jump. That is the same joke. Yeah. But now it's the good guy saying yeah, it. I don't know what that's about. It is at this point where we have Josh out training. And he happens upon chad and the chad lads and he is racing past all of them to beat them and from nowhere kyle pulls out a metal spoke 
and slams it in the wheel of Josh's bike. Absolutely one of, like, it's already been incredibly dangerous to push this kid off a cliff. But that is horrid. Imagine, he's traveling 30 miles an hour. Allegedly. And and Kyle flips his bike. I mean, stops the back. And yeah, I mean, now we've got more physical, like actually physically harming this kid. Like we also missed. uh, We didn't even mention when they're at the water during the tagging and everything. They say more racist shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, again, I submit to you that I think think he's the worst villain we've had. I think think you're right. I think I will accept your uh, your proposal here. Agreed. He's sitting because he's not going to get any comeuppance, by the way. No. There's going to be no resolution with Kyle at That's all. true. I mean, his friends abandoned him, but that's, yeah. that's not bad. He, he wins still the care. race, maybe. Like, yeah. Theoretically, yeah. Which is, he wins the race for nothing because it's outside of his jurisdiction yeah, as a yeah. rich asshole. So Kyle throws this metal spoke in Josh's bike's wheel, sending Josh once more, ass over tea kettle, slamming into the ground and absolutely obliterating josh's bike yep destroying the front wheel so now josh is stuck on the reserve and there's weather coming in Mm -hmm. and we have a sequence of josh getting lost in the pouring rain and there's panic between josh's parents and thomas and thomas's grandfather to go and try to find him Mm -hmm. out on the reserve i this is an interesting thing sequence to me i don't know what part in the story it was intended to serve if i'm being honest so that's why i'm super interested to hear from both of you because he's rescued he's taken back home he's rescued by thomas taken they, they get the cheetah girls on the radio yep call out for help mm-hmm. yep ultimately they're being rescued by thomas and taken back to his home not thomas's home but josh's home where he's put in bed and he is asleep and won't wake mm-hmm. and we have once again for another flash in the pan the conflict between josh's father and his desire to sort of go what would be a more true uh a sort of science backed in his eyes traditional um medical expertise where he's going to call over the doctor and then you have thomas and his grandfather specifically his grandfather wanting to perform the more uh, the indigenous techniques Mm -hmm. um i I don't know how I feel about this scene, nor what it's serving. So I'm curious, like, what what your thoughts on that were? I mean, it's serving that weird C plot, right? Like, they Thomas's grandfather's like his bruises will heal, but his spirit needs this thing. And Josh's dad like, thanks, but no thanks. We're getting a doctor. And then the doctor's like, his bruises will heal, but has he been stressed? Like, it's the same it's the same exact message from both from both people. It's just like they don't trust Thomas's grandfather and his understanding of uh, how Josh would heal and like, you know, feel however you want about that. But basically it's just this conflict made whole now Mm. of Josh's dad face to face with, these traditions and culture that Josh has inundated himself with and his reluctance to really accept and Mm. to see value in and see past his like science brain 
And that's going to come to real fruition when he is randomly driving down a road and sees signs about looking for something and walks into a store called lost found something or other uh, and is met with another girl who is psychic who literally just like you want a bike and the dad's like what I do want a bike and this is after like I was like this is a ghost I thought the girl was a ghost sure it it feels it feels otherworldly a little bit yeah. which like maybe that's supposed to be the message right it's like it's supposed to feel unexplainable because this is also where dad says something problematic where he goes I'm a scientist she's like you're you're looking for something you don't know what it is and he's like no I'm just lost and she's like no you're not you're looking for something and he's like I need something for my kid I don't know what it is she's like a bike get him a bike and she's like, I have one. You can have it cheap. It's in the back. And he says, I'm a scientist. I deal with numbers and data and logic. And I don't understand you people. Yeah. Yo. Well, also, he like, does hit us with a you people. A you well, people. Well, I, we, we didn't really talk about it. But mom earlier in the film let slip like, I met a really nice Navajo earlier today. I know. And I was like, oh, boy. A little bit of othering happening. Oh, there's not a little bit. Yeah. I I feel like Dr. Nick, this isn't, you know, his first time. It's not George Newbern's first time with conflict with Uh, perhaps a father figure. We are over an hour and a half in. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, let's go. Let's get into it. Uh, Because some of you, I know I already mentioned he's Charlie from Scandal, but a lot of people probably also recognize him as being Brian McKenzie from Father of the Bride, Parts 1 and 2. <laughs> Phenomenal films. Phenomenal. He's mm. marrying in, of course, and then Steve Martin's like not thrilled that sure, he's marrying in. of course. Um, in Father of the Bride, we have probably the best character is Franck played by the incomparable Martin Short. Mm -hmm. He's the wedding planner. (laughs) And I think we can all agree that one of Martin Short's greatest roles is as the narrator of O Canada. Former former home, formerly at home in Epcot's Canada Pavilion. I agree. Fantasyland is in Epcot. It's not just in Magic Kingdom. That's right. Fantasyland's in Epcot too. But unfortunately, O Canada has closed and they have now opened Canada Far and Wide, which is narrated by Eugene Levy and Catherine (laughs) O'Hara. And I know you think I'm going Shit's Creek, but it's spooky season, friends. So we're going to talk about the fact that Catherine O'Hara is the voice of Sally from Nightmare Before oh, Christmas. She, is. she sure uh, is. She stars alongside Chris Saradin, who plays Jack Skellington. Yeah. He, uh, he also is, uh, I know him best as Prince Humperdinck from Princess Bride, uh-huh. uh, who is the antagonist to our protagonist, Wesley. Oh. As You Wish, played by Carrie Wesley. Yules. Tell me you're going through Saw. We're going through Saw because it's Hell spooky yeah. season. Carrie Yules plays Dr. Lawrence Gordon in the original Saw. And one of the characters in the original Saw that's only in it for a little bit but will become very pivotal to the series is Amanda. She's got the bear trap mm-hmm. on her face. She, she She's played by Shawnee Smith, who maybe that's her most famous role to most people, but I really love her amazing performance as Redhead in 1998's hit film Armageddon. Redhead. 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 Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out for her. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, when you have incredible characters like Redhead, you need a really good makeup artist in the chair. Yeah. Working on people in the chair. And on Armageddon, we had Fred Blau Jr., mm. a very, mm. you know, accomplished Hollywood makeup artist. He also did makeup, this is actually impressive, for Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, oh that's very Incredible cool. makeup, obviously, in that. Many great characters. One of my personal favorites, Martha May Huvier. Betty! Hi! Hi! Played by the lovely Christine Barinsky. Christine Barinsky voices a character in one of my favorite underrated animated films. She is the chef in Trolls. Mm. Is she trying to eat the trolls? That's not important. She is. One of those trolls is King Peppy. He is voiced by Jeffrey Tambor, who in, uh, I believe, the 80s... Yes, this was the 80s. Um, he played Franklin Hart on 9 to 5, which mm. was a TV show spinoff of the movie of the same name. Mm. Starring, the movie starred Dolly Parton, but Dolly Parton's song was the theme song to the TV show sure. as well. <laughs> Dolly Parton, as far as acting chops go, is probably most known, though, as, uh, well, one of her more popular ones is uh, Truvy Jones in... Uh, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. And uh, the writer of Steel Magnolias, Robert Hartling, wrote many a great, I would say, lady-empowered film. Not only Steel Magnolias, but he wrote First Wives Club, which is one of my favorite movies. A fantastic movie. Are we doing Bette Midler? We're not doing Bette Midler. We're doing Uncle Carmine, who is her probably you know what uncle carmine would probably want to be in the lava business because Ooh. they're in new york and he may or may not be part of the mob and he may or may not teach a few people some lessons throughout, yeah. the, mm. throughout the film we need to call uh, him yeah he, he may or may not know how to get lava in the hands of the right people he is played by philip bosco who i first met as a young child by playing vincenzo who is the butler character uh associate of hijinks in it takes two the barry kate and ashley <laughs> olsen movie much like parent trap he's like the adult that figures it out before the adults fig the other adults figure it out and he's like mm -hmm. helping her out and uh for every good teen movie or kid movie you need a good villain and in it takes two it is steve gutenberg's new fiance clarice kensington hmm. who is played by none other than jane sibbett who in this film plays blaine josh's mom oh, oh nice i recognized her immediately from those both friends and it takes two but very cool You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. That was a fun one. That was. I like that we went through Redhead. I like that we went through O Canada. Oh, yeah. Canada. Yeah, we're getting attractions in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're about to get some parks, I be. Yeah. Not only, not, not just coming to the Disney treasure, but also coming to Zeta Salpitas. Okay. So we have this interaction between dad and creepy, maybe a ghost to buy a bike while there is a ritual or some sort of activity being performed for Josh so that he might regain his spirit. It is successful. He comes to his injuries have been healing. He feels better. And it is now time for the race. There is a little bit of trash talk happening before the race uh, as the race begins as they're going uphill. The race really becomes a secondary plot point at this uh, at this juncture. We're focused on it, but what happens is 
the woman who had her car run into and gored by a buffalo within the first 15 minutes of the film this now woman hates experiences buffalo. a backfire. This woman shows up like three times and it's just to hate the buffalo. Yeah. Yep. Her truck backfires and sets off a buffalo stampede. Wait, can I say one thing about the parents before we... Absolutely. This is again my issue. They make it seem like the fact that dad bought a new bike and the parents are going to the race is some kind of like exciting thing when they've been supportive parents the, the whole, whole time, time. Yeah. it made it seem like like again if dad had been really hard on the science thing and harping him to do that and not understanding josh's passion for working with the buffalo people and stuff then him coming around and bringing the bike would have been an exciting moment but they've literally been supportive parents the, the movie starts with him buying the kid a bike like i didn't yeah. get the point of this i also don't really understand why like they reveal that dad and mom didn't know about this race while Josh is asleep and mm-hmm. Thomas has to tell them and they had no idea. And this, why is Josh not telling them? Right. Like, they seem to support his bike riding. He's always in the basement garage working on the bike. It's not like they're like, don't ride a bike. That's stupid. Like at one point he says, I need a new bike. And mom's like, don't ruin the moment. Like, you know, kind of like, all right, kid, like whatever. But they, they they don't say like don't ride your bike like it's 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 as if throughout the movie Molly they've been anti bike exactly they've been what literally so support they've been supportive of him working with the buffalo friends they've mm-hmm. been supportive of him biking and also like they find out about this race and they're like great we'll go cheer him on like there's no conflict great, we'll at get all him a new bike. like there's literally no conflict with the with the like because it could have been. I wouldn't have liked it, but they could have been like, why this race is so dangerous. And then woken up, Josh explains why it's so important to him to right. race. And then they, no, <clears> they just are like, Oh, we didn't know about that. Guess we'll be the cheering squad. And like dad brings his telescope. And like, I know the whole telescope is so funny. To <laughs> yeah. Me. That like, part did that. that what, what, that's smile. just like, dad's a scientist. <laughs> like that's all that's intended to be. <laughs> yeah. Cause the whole fucking town comes to watch this bike race uh-huh. between two teenagers. <laughs> as, again, as if they have any say on what's a reservation or not. I just don't <laughs> understand it anyway josh begins kicking kyle's ass he's dusting him yeah absolutely <laughs> destroying I mean, the him. grown ass people on the bike because once again the stun doubles are not even close to being the same size as the kids i want you to know something right now it is there is a review that i am not reading but i will encourage you both to read that is from the husband of the stunt writer that rode for josh oh Elva Nava is her name, uh, and she is a full-grown woman who <laughs> rode for Josh in this film, but his, uh, her husband wrote a review. Anyway, neither here nor there. But Josh dusted Kyle. Yes. Dusted. And then sat at the top of a hill until Kyle caught up. Yep. Why? He, because he's watching the Buffalo Stampede because it takes him approximately 20 minutes to figure out what's happening. He then goes down the back down the hill still, even when it's neck and neck, still beating Kyle. Takes the sweet jump. Takes, takes yeah. the sweet jump because it, he's an eagle. Yes. <laughs> but an eagle that makes the... <laughs> as yeah. he goes across Whoa. the jump. Also, we had dad give him a lesson on velocity and height and distance on the way over. True. So science plus merge eagle. Yeah. Science plus the Navajo. Science eagle. Seagull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he... But ultimately, he turns off the road and stops in front of Thomas and Moon and Scout. And like, what are you doing? He's like, there's a stampede. The buffalo have broken into the town. 
Thomas is like, we have to go herd them. It's our job as children to go herd these buffalo on bicycles on bikes. Because they're afraid the buffalo are going to run the town over. Like, That's... the buffalo aren't going to stop when they see buildings. We don't know. I don't know. We don't know. know. Or go around them. I don't know. That That's... They're going to go down the middle of the street. Like, they're, <laughs> the buffalo aren't going to, like, Wait, topple. Mo- hey, Molly, you a buffalo expert now? You, you know a lot about you buffaloes just, there, do you? Name Bo- Molly <laughs> Buffalo Expert Big Awesome. That's me. Um, I've seen BFE <laughs> Buffalo Expert. I've Why just, would there be an F? Because there's an F in Buffalo. <laughs> It's not two. It's not buffalo. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Max, I've happened. seen the country bears. I know a lot about buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I've no. seen the country bears too. I'm a fucking deer head on a wall. Good for you. Oh no, God. I just don't think they would do that. I'll oh, look it okay. Up. I'll look it up. We're gonna learn about buffalo what? here, but while we're learning about buffalo, a lot of buffalo, to buffalo talk, to, everybody. I went to yeah. South Dakota once and I saw a lot of buffalo. Yep, that's a qualifier. Same. <laughs> they were really big. So we have a buffalo stampede occurring and these teenagers decide that they are going to herd buffalo on bikes kyle comes to his friends after hearing from uh after everybody else has left his two chad lads have remained and he's like i'm gonna win i've been i've been beating him the whole time and his friends like you fucking weren't dog like you you were really stinking it up (laughs) i just love how they serve him through like yeah they were like no he was kicking your ass actually and then they're like they need our help and he goes, no, I'm just going to go win the race. And they go, all right. And then they <laughs> just the leave. And he doesn't come and does, I guess he wins the race. Guess so. That's the last time we're going to see Kyle. Yep. There's no resolution to this story at all. <laughs> the simple will, conflict? Will they be able to bike on the reservation? Who knows? We, uh, we don't. We, we'll never follow up. Uh-uh. What we do get is we get children herding buffaloes on bikes. Yeah, we do. And Thomas and Scout are the main focus as everybody else is. I love, by the way, as they head off, you, uh, did either of you hear this? But as they sort of bike away, which is just not intimidating at all to go do this. It'd be much cooler on horseback, but they bike away. And as they do, you hear <laughs> Josh go, let's ride. Yeah, and he fucking kicks off. Anyway, Thomas and Scout are together. Thomas takes a tumble. He falls off his bike, and there's a parting of the Buffalo Sea leading one One buffalo. buffalo. It looks just like the one in his vision quest. It sure does. And that one buffalo is... We're supposed to believe this buffalo is considering performing a stomping on Thomas. Yeah, gore. You should right. consider that, though, because I'm reading about buffalo right uh-huh. now. I, to, buffalo to be fair, these are, these are Cape Buffalo, so this is in... Hosted by Molly BFE. I don't get it either, listener. Molly Buffalo. This is Cape Buffalo, which are in Africa. But I'm reading how buffalo are actually the most dangerous of the big five, Uh which is pretty amazing because lions are on that list. Uh Um, But buffalo, apparently, not only will they kill you, they won't. uh, They'll remember you. Mm. So if you were to wound a buffalo Mm. and then get away, Mm. they will remember you the next time you come Mm. and they will like a crow. (laughs) Apparently they're a revenge animal and they will. uh, It says they don't flee they counter attack and they will sur- if one of them gets hurt the other ones will surround you nice so, jesus so you what know, you're saying is they need to make friends with cape buffalo yeah and also 
that's why Thomas is in danger. Mm -hmm. But for the record, I didn't find any information about buffaloes running over buildings, except for I found out a story of a car that crashed into a buffalo wild wings. (laughs) 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 So not the same thing, but but, but thanks Google for that information. (laughs) What Molly B-dubs make awesome over here? Man, I do love B-dubs. Oh, God. Yeah, their SEO has to be incredible. Okay, so we have the herding happen. Thomas has fallen off his bike. The buffalo is about to charge. And what should happen but Scout steps in front of the buffalo and begins to sing Lean On Me. me. For the first time on key. (laughs) And this is how we learn Scout talks again. This is is Scout's big reveal of I'm willing to use my voice again. Because in the moment of need, she sings a song for her brother. And then we have a radio announcement of the race being over. Life is returning to normal. And there is another big feast backslash potluck where grandfather gets on stage, gives Thomas his father's necklace as a ceremonial rite of passage and growth, and then invites Josh on stage. Yep. And I, at this point, had uncontained rage. (laughs) Okay. Because I was like, no shot. They're about to perform a ceremony for this child who has objectively done a lot of really bad shit. But he helped herd the buffalo. Yeah, he gave up the race, good for him, to help herd the buffalo. He lost the rights to the reservation. Yep. By 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 losing the race. Yeah. And then is adopted into the Navajo. Uh-huh. Now, granted, I don't speak for the Navajo. I don't speak for any indigenous tribe. But they, this this scene for me felt a little out of place. And they were like, you get a name now. Rides with the wind. Yeah, he does. Also, I'm learning that you're... something eagle? Dude. Well, an eagle rides with the wind, right? I guess. Um, I'm learning that in Yellowstone, you're supposed to stay 25... Hold on. Is it feet or yards? Because that's an important... Yeah, if it's yards, that's very You're supposed to away. stay 25 yards away from bison at all times. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. No, they get very close to the bison. But they're so dangerous. They're so stupid. They are. Yeah, they're, they're, I was just reading about a woman that got gored by a bison in Yellowstone because she did not stay 25 yards away. When I have seen that's, bison, it was in Yellowstone. That's Darwinism at work, folks. I was not I was not that far away, just for the record. We were in a car on we a We were road. in a car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we have the ceremony. When I thought, I thought Thomas getting his dad's necklace was pretty impactful. I was like, that's gotta be tough for Thomas getting something that's from his dad who is dead. Yeah. And then in the same breath, we have Josh being adopted and accepted as a member of the Navajo as like sort of an honorary member and given his name. And now Josh and Thomas are friends. Yep. And that's the movie. Sure is. I have a lot of unanswered questions. I can't imagine one. That's Buffalo Dreams, everybody. (laughs) It comes to a close just like that, very abruptly. And now I've got to know, what are your, how do you feel about this film, you two? Molly, you've had some very strong feelings about it. Tell me what your rating is. Four. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did not like it. It wasn't terrible. There are some interesting concepts that I do not think are fully fleshed out. I think the main characters are not very likable either one of them but i do like some of the side characters but my biggest issue is how fucking slow this movie is Mm -hmm. it moves so it crawls Mm -hmm. there yeah so i just i just 
I think it's a below average decom, but it's not terrible, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Max, I'm gonna give it a five point three. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think mostly I just like this setting, and I I do think some of the representation is pretty good. I was happy to see who was cast in these roles. I really like Grandma a lot. I like Grandpa a lot. I think the side cast is better than the than the main character for sure. Um, I think that Kyle is indeed the worst villain we've had in any decom, and so props for having a really hateable antagonist. Even if the main character is not likable, boy, you can't like this guy more. Because uh, yeah. he's the fucking worst. And yeah. by that, I mean the worst of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that it, it mostly suffers from them overcomplicating, which is very normal for decoms. I don't really have a reason why this is above average. It's pretty close. I'm 0.3 away from just a very average decom. But I think mm, setting-wise, I would put it a little bit higher. It's very interesting you say that because mine is 0.3, but in the other direction. Mm. I give it a 4.7. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a below average decom because I think a lot of the story elements are confusing. Mm-hmm. I will echo the sentiment of I am glad to see that there were actual indigenous actors used here. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to Disney for doing that for this casting. Great, great job because otherwise that that is just a very problematic. It's the bar. By the way, that... That's putting the bar on the floor. Right. Oh, yeah. That's like, like that. We actually right shouldn't people. have to give kudos. Uh, agreed. There. I'm just glad that they wrote a story that gave uh, indigenous representation. Fully right? agree like, with especially you. Especially 2005. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fully agree. Fully, fully agree with you. I think it suffers from pacing issues. I think it suffers from pretty poor writing that doesn't support overall motif mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. Um, but otherwise, like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, this is just a, it, it suffers. It is a good story that suffers from the standard decom tropes that we see some of these decoms that, that sit on this side of the, uh, of the rating scale suffer from. So nothing crazy unique there. Yep. I do have a review that I would like to read to you. Now, I know that we have put a pin in something yep. from earlier today, which is your opinion on buffaloes and lean on me. Yep. And I'm excited to remove that pin. Oh, okay. So wow. let's All go the on way a, back. That was the very beginning of this. That was. Let's go on a journey together. The title of this review is called Buffalicious. <laughs> yeah, it God. is. As a buffalo enthusiast, I was really excited when I saw the movie title when I was browsing for movies to watch. Yeah. And it certainly did fulfill my buffalo dreams. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had so- <laughs> you good, Max. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I had such personal interest in this film. <laughs> you good, dude. You really like that one. <laughs> we broke Max finally on a review. I don't know what. So much. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I had such personal interest in this film that I decided to audition my own buffalo for roles in other low-budget Western films. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He has a buffalo. <laughs> yes, he's a buffalo enthusiast, guys. I'm a hyena enthusiast. I don't have a hyena. <laughs> this, is, this is Max's breaking point review, and I knew it from the first film when I read it. It only gets better. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me start with this one again oh hey, don't start over <laughs> no 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 no. i'm just gonna reread that sentence i had such personal interest in this film that i decided to audition my own buffalo for roles in other low-budget western films sadly they did not make the cut but i am not bitter 
In my opinion, these magnificent creatures were beautifully portrayed. As someone who owns several buffalo, parentheses, including one domesticated <laughs> buffalo, in parentheses. I'm sorry, including one domesticated. <laughs> <laughs> you own them, they're fucking all domesticated. Or is this, is this like when I was a little kid and I said I had a pet whale? And I said I had a pet whale because yeah, I sponsored a whale from, Maybe. from who's Seattle. To, hey, who's to say? Who's to say? As someone who owns several buffalo, including one domesticated buffalo, I found that the song Lean On Me does not help at all for hurting purposes. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Despite that disappointment, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie and encourage other Buffalo enthusiasts to have a look at this excellent film. Two hooves up. <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> they gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Two hooves up. Two up. Oh my I really God. liked that. That was Two hooves up, baby. I was really sad when I saw this movie. And it certainly did fulfill my buffalo dreams. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, what's up next? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Kim Possible. Oh, this Kim Possible movie. Call me, beat me, if, if you, you want to reach me. If, if you, you got a problem, me, that's okay. okay. Well, that's exciting. That's This will be our first fully animated decom. Is it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Oh, wow. That might be one of my favorite reviews of all time. I'm not going to lie to you. That's high Two hooves up for that review. Two hooves up. Hooves Two hooves up. up. All right. Well, folks, next week brings us to the Kim Possible movie. I have not seen this movie. Have either of you? No, but beep, I... Beep, beep, beep. I have seen Kim Possible. So. Yeah, I have watched. The, I've watched at least one episode of the she, show. It's the return of CCR. It is it's true. It is. Does she have the most appearances if you include her uh, voice acting? Oh, that'd be an interesting to think that, to what, look into. Maybe Stevens, Cadet Kelly. Yeah, Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Is that it? She sings in Z three. She sings. In She's Z3. the singing artist in Z three for the main song. Well, Merriman had. Merriman's got a lot. Three or four. Andy Lawrence has a lot. Andy yeah. Lawrence has a lot. I mean, they might; those might be a runner for like the podium on number yeah. of appearances. We'll have to we'll have to look it up. Uh, that's interesting. That's a, Andy that's Lawrence has at least four. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless, we get to uh, take another step down memory lane next week with a Kim Possible movie. Until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. It really does help us out. Follow us on all of our socials. And if you want to join in the conversation about this episode or any episode, join us on Discord. We'd really appreciate having you there. But until next time, folks, when we watch Kim, the Kim Possible movie, uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. So bye. Bye. Uh, KJB is pretty high, too. She's got uh, KJB's got all a lot. the Halloween towns. Three Halloweens and Quince. And Quince. Oh, Quince.